Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Hot Takes from the Berg Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Michener, joined alongside Ian Hatcher. How are you doing this afternoon, Ian? I couldn't be doing any better. Um, I was talking to you about it before we hopped on the air here. Um, every week, you know, we really realized how, how special it is to be able to sit here and talk football. And last week, we again talked about it before we hopped on the air. Another crazy week of football. It just goes back to show, like, we're not just trying to beat these same sentiments over the head week in and week out. We really want you guys to tune in and watch this NFL madness because last week was one of the craziest weeks of the entire season, I really do believe. And it's now kind of put the, the whole league in a weird state of flux right now. I think this is a really interesting week. And the season is really starting to heat up as we get playoff matchups and, and, and you know, postseason play on the line at this point. So this is the really important part of the season. Everybody knows November is just a different kind of kind of football season. So I'm really excited to start getting into these meaningful games. These are the real interesting ones here. Yeah, I mean, last week we had upset after upset after upset after just wow, just insane uh by far my worst week of, of predicting uh five eight and one uh terrible week for me uh but i mean with how some of these games turned out i i didn't really expect uh to have that great yeah i mean there was only so much you could have done last week i mean it was really just a weird week i think that's the only way you can really slice it um, and like I say all the time, that's the reason we play the games. You, there's always going to be favorites. There's always going to be teams that you can't imagine losing. And that's the reason they actually take the field and play the games because football is a crazy game. It, it Really, I know it, uh, sometimes this will make people angry, but it's a random game at times. I mean, I like to think about it like in basketball, you know, it's a perfectly circular ball. Every time you dribble it, you know exactly where it's going to go with a football it hits the ground one time at one angle and it goes right into your hands. If it hits the ground at another angle, it goes into the other team's hands and it's the other way for a touchdown. It's just that random of a game, but it's, football is a crazy sport. I love watching it and I cannot wait to get into these games this week. Yep. And hopping into this week's lock-ins, uh, starting off with Thursday night football. I think this is a super easy one. Uh, the Patriots, Fal- Patriots and Falcons, uh, Patriots easily taking this one. I mean, Mac Jones had, I think by far his, his one of his best games of the season. Uh, not yards wise, but just smart wise. He didn't make any bad throws. He was 19 for 23, almost 200 yards through the air and three touchdowns. And then with uh, Damian, uh, Damian Williams going down, I thought their running game was going to be not as good this week, but uh, I think it's Ramonde, Ramondre. I think Ramondre it's how you say it. Stevenson. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he really stepped up against a, a good Browns front seven and, and his, I'm pretty sure this was his first career start. If not his first, then one of his first few uh, 20 carries, a hundred yards, two touchdowns, a, a huge game from him. I, I really liked that. And this, uh, Patriots defense was able to contain Baker Mayfield to under 100 yards, and then Case Keenum came in, uh, got a little something going, but it, it was just 
way too late. Yeah. Um, first of all, Jason, I'm going to really need you to stop reading my notes because you took just about everything that I wanted to say from me. Um, the only one thing that you didn't touch on from the Patriots standpoint that I kind of really wanted to get at, uh, which was kind of going towards my whole point of this Patriots team really starting to look legitimate. Um, and the things you didn't touch on was the defense. Now, I think there's a lot of a few things, a few integral things that make Patriots football, Patriots football. And when I think about that, I think of a really strong defense. I think of a super strong running back group by committee. Really, any guy can go any given week. And I think of mistake free quarterback play. And I looked at that Browns game and man, was it not exactly that we knew Damian Harris was going to be out of the game. We've seen Brandon Bolden have you know, some flashes at points in the season, as well as Damian Harris and also Stevenson. But Stevenson's the guy this week, comes in, plays a huge game. You get Mac Jones playing mistake-free football as well. Like you, you pointed out, even got Brian Hoyer some time at the end of the, ga- end of the game because he was just so efficient and they were up so big. And then that defense, who is, I have to say, being led by Matt Judon, who is having one of the best seasons of any defender in the entire league. I mean, he has been huge for this Patriots team I mean if you have watched them for just a second you've seen nine wreaking havoc on quarterbacks and I mean he was the one who knocked Baker Mayfield out of that game and really I'm surprised it took as long as it did because he was all over him all game long and I'm, I'm with you I mean this Falcons team really just has nothing going for it and I mean the potential loss of Cordero Patterson bodes even more scary I think there's no chance for the Falcons in this one I think there's very few times where you can say there's no chance I'm giving them no chance the Patriots have looked awesome these last couple weeks and for the Falcons it's been the complete opposite yeah and and the big thing is like since Calvin Ridley took a, a step back away from football that just took away their number one weapon and now it's down to to Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson not not be playing this week so it's down to Kyle Pitts, and if you only have one superstar out there, all it takes is three guys to lock him down, and yeah, that that's game good. over. Exactly what I was gonna say. I, I'm, you know, it's just it's such a cut and dry game, but that was literally what I had. I mean, uh, for the Falcons, I mean, since Ridley has gone down, really Kyle Pitts is just now effectively being schemed out. The sad thing is he's still playing really well. But if you watch the game, I mean, the man is, like you said, literally triple covered every time because they're not worrying about anything else. I mean, Kyle Pitts is really actually, I think, still looking like a freak. He's demanding an absurd amount of attention by defenses, but it's just because they have quite literally nothing else that scares defenses. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, On to the next lot game, though. Um, we have the Ravens and the Bears. Um, I have the Ravens walking away with this one. I last week was very shaky for this this Ravens team. Uh, that offense just couldn't get anything going. Um, I think it was barely 300 yards total for them on offense, and the Dolphins outplayed them by committee of Jacoby Brissett and Tua Tagovailoa, who I think came in at the second half. I think he was cleared for that um but really is the the defense that really got it going for uh for Miami uh they were able to contain Lamar uh to only 40 yards which I think is his 
least amount of rushing yards on the season, which is crazy to think for him being a quarterback and 40 yards is the lowest. Um, Marquise Brown was basically a, a no-show. Uh, it was really Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews, and even then it's it, it just wasn't enough. Yeah, uh, I will uh, – to me, I have that game as a toss-up. Um, I do think, just like you, that, that loss last week for the Ravens was a, a real letdown, and it was enough of a letdown for me to at least bump them down this week just to just, – and it's not just because of what they did is either. Um, I, for one, I just think this is a bit of a tough matchup here. I mean, we get the Ravens are getting a Bears team that's coming off of a bye. And Justin Fields has definitely been turning a corner as the season has progressed. And I really think he's on the cusp of something. And with that being said, I think it's, it's really nice to see him break out without David Montgomery. And now the fact that David Montgomery probably could have played last week and is only going to be more healthy because of the bye taking on the Ravens here. I mean, you're going to get this Bears offense at probably as close to 100% as it's been all season. And that scares me because, I mean, last week, this what this Dolphins offense was able to do, an offense that hadn't been able to muster much of anything all season, wasn't able to do much. But it will come down to this Bears defense ultimately, which is why it's a toss-up and not an upset alert. I don't have as much confidence in them being able to hold Lamar Jackson to 40 yards rushing, like you said, that the Dolphins were able to do. Uh, that was just, I mean, it kind of, we kind of saw a little bit of a flash of what I thought the Dolphins defense was going to be capable when we came into the season. Now I had, didn't have as high hopes for this Bears defense, but if they are able to at least key in and stop Lamar from getting as many rushing yards and just to limit them, because I don't think after him, they have much of a rushing attack. This would be a, t- a close game. I'd lean the Ravens with a fair amount of confidence, but um, this is still a toss up because of their performance last week. And the Bears are slowly getting healthier. And like I said, that offense could pop in this one. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, another thing is, like, I don't know if I trust Justin Fields to have a, another big game like he did against the Steelers. Um, I think it's still going to take a lot of time for him to develop. And I think the pass rush of Baltimore is going to be a lot more impactful than, than Pittsburgh, uh, considering I don't think they had – uh, Melvin Ingram in that game. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much I can really trust this Bears offense to be uh, consistent yet. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. I'm just kind of uh, – maybe it's probably a little bit of optimism. I just – I would love to see, you know, what a good Justin Fields game and a da- good J- David Montgomery game look like on the same week. I think that could really be a good sign for this Bears offense. Yeah, that that is the big thing. Um, On to the next, I think, easiest – second easiest lock of, of this week, uh, Titans and Texans. Um. The Titans did fumble a little bit last week um, against the the Saints, but they did pull out the the twenty three to twenty one victory. Um, the the loss of Derrick Henry really showed last week. Uh, they weren't really able to get too much going between Dante Foreman and Adrian Peterson, and their defense showed a little bit of weakness with Mark Ingram coming in and Trevor Simeon having a fantastic game, uh, really exposing that secondary, which. I never would have thought Trevor Simeon would be doing that against teams. Um, but this, this is the Houston Texans. 
arguably one of the the worst franchises in NFL history this year. Just been playing absolutely terrible. Um, just wow. I, I can't even explain. Not, yeah. <laughs> There's not much really to say about them. They're just that bad, honestly. Um, for me, I th- think this is definitely one of the easiest locks. I'm just going to kind of continue walking back statements about the Titans from the beginning of the year. Now, I will say, ultimately, long term, I am still a little bit worried that their defense may a little may be a little bit, especially in the secondary, too big play dependent. I'm not so sure with just the with all the injuries and attrition and losses from free agents that they've had that they're going to be able to keep coming through with these key interceptions and plays like that when it matters. When you see them still at other times get consistently gashed through the year, so I, I am with you. That is a little bit worrying, but here it doesn't really matter. I mean, they could play probably a terrible game and still slide through with this one. The Texans um, are the worst team in football. I'm right there with you on that one. Yeah. And then on to the next worst team in football, uh, uh, the the team that is easily going to lose here. Uh, we got the 49ers and the Jags. 49ers get a huge upset on Monday Night Football against Matt Stafford and his quote-unquote super team Rams. Uh, Jimmy G had a good game. Eli Mitchell uh, had a bounce back from, from week nine. That, that 49ers team just seemed – unstoppable and were really able to stop a very high-powered Rams offense. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm right here with you. I think we have to give the 49ers some praise. And first of all, I want to go back to last season when they were probably the most injured team in football. And I just want you to think, as we were doing the predictions over the course of that season, even though they were not a talented football team whatsoever, we learned pretty quick that it was a team you couldn't just instantly count out because they weren't talented. And I think that goes a lot to coaching, scheming, and the the things that, you know, not just the players on the field. It goes to a lot of that. And so I really am continually impressed by this 49ers team to, like you said, come out and play a super team like that on Monday Night Football, all eyes on the Rams basically, and they dominated that football game. They got Jimmy Ward back. He played huge with two interceptions, which is big because I think the biggest weakness for the 49ers has been their secondary all season long. They've continually gotten a little bit healthier. And you saw no matter what Kyle Shanahan you want to say about his offense is, is meant to beat you through the air. I don't care about that. He consistently gets it done on the ground, no matter how you want to do it. I mean, using Debo Samuel as a running back pretty much half the game And it worked out fantastic. Really, the Rams had no way to stop it. And even Elijah Mitchell as well played fantastic when he was toting the rock as well. So it's a dynamic football team. And when Garoppolo plays smart football and doesn't give the ball away like he has for the last few weeks, and this is a good team. And they get do kind of similarly like the Titans get a benefit of playing just a bad team in the Jaguars who really just have shown – the exact opposite when it comes to offensive kind of playmaking outside of Marvin Jones Jr. I mean, they just really are without anything. James Robinson can try his best, but without the kind of dynamic players that like the 49ers have, where you can also get them the ball quick out of, you know, on a pass play an RPO, something like that, and let them make plays in a, oh yeah, a game breaking tight end like George Kittle. The whole offense is just ridiculous, but a team like the Jags, they just don't have that. And it, it shows. 
Yeah, I mean, they did. The Jags did have a pretty decent week last week, um, running the ball. Uh, both James Robinson and oh, his name is slipping my. Uh, Jamal Agnew had a touchdown on the ground. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence just doesn't have the weapons through the air to get into the end zone. I mean, Dan Arnold was his leading receiver. And behind that, Marvin Jones had 35 yards. Like, I I don't expect the Jaguars to get too much going on offense until they get Trevor Lawrence some, comp, uh, some competent receivers. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I like LaVisca Chanel. I like Marvin Jones Jr. But without a real – kind of game breaker who I, I kind of thought could be that DJ Chark. Obviously he's been injured, but uh, without that kind of presence of a guy like that, or even just deeper options who you could go to that could give you something or just, you know, a different kind of style to the game. They just aren't going to be able to offer much. And it's, you, it obviously tells, I mean, the offensive line isn't helping the wide receivers aren't helping. It's really just him and James Robinson out there trying to do what they can. Yeah. It's, I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence getting put in this situation. Uh, it always sucks for a, a young quarterback to get put into the first overall pick situation where he doesn't have anything around him. But, I mean, you kind of have to deal with that being a top prospect. Yeah. Um, On to the next lock-in for me. Um, I have the Bengals beating the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders had everything going for them going into this game. Um, a terrible-looking Chiefs team, uh, and they let Patrick Mahomes get his confidence back with 400 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. This is, this is another one kind of like that Ravens game where I, I differ just a little bit. Now, I have this as a toss-up, but I have to be up front. I, I do think that the Bengals will win this game, but I feel like it's just just close enough that I, I have to put it as a toss-up. Um, I think, for one, the Bengals coming off of a bye is a similar reason as to why I kind of gave a little bit of benefit to the Bears team. I mean, I think late buys are so helpful because you see the kind of tolls that injuries can take over this, this long of the season. And I think if my estimation is right, I think they're going to catch a Raiders team that will probably be reeling a little bit. I agree with you. I think it was perfect circumstances last week for them taking on a, on a Chiefs team that looked nothing like themselves. And for a Raiders team that really had kind of just seemed to go blind to everything that was happening within their organization and just continue to play really, really well. Um, and I thought last week it would be a big game also just in terms of proving their worth. But now I'm wondering if they can even bounce back. The Chiefs look like their usual selves. And with all the events that ended up unfolding, I think all those off-the-field issues may finally be starting to catch up. I mean, you just can't deny the fact that Henry Ruggs was one of their best offensive playmakers. You can't also deny that, say what you want, Damon Arnett was a starting cornerback for this team that – whose secondary isn't even all that good. So it probably is even worse. And so I'm definitely leaning towards the Bengals in this one. But I think this is still – I'm not sure that I can completely count out the Raiders because I kind of had in my head at least three weeks ago, and they continued just to keep playing well. So I think with both of these teams still kind of vying for a playoff berth, it's worthy of a toss-up, but I'm definitely leaning Bengals. 
I just think uh, that Browns game was really a fluke for this Bengals team. I think they're going to come back out. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are really going to light things up on this battered down Raiders secondary. And not even just Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I think is going to get something really going this game. He's been kind of quiet this season. So I'm looking for a, a big game out of him as well. Yeah, I'd say quiet is the right word, but similar to you, I mean, I have really kind of fallen for, I guess is the best way to say it, this Bengals team over the course of the season. You say T. Higgins hasn't played all that well, and he really, the numbers wouldn't say that he has, but I think the whole, it's just been, the whole wide receiver core has really been whoever's open, and then, oh yeah, Jamar Chase is the guy. You know, it's one of those kind of systems, and you can't forget that they have Joe Mixon, who is a complete running back for, you know, I, I mean, I really do believe that he's a complete, he can catch the passes. He can uh, run the ball inside, outside. He's really complete, can kind of do it all. So there's a lot of people on that team who need to eat. And even we got CJ Uzama, who's really, I think, breaking out as one of the most unsung tight ends in the entire league. And Joe Burrow is really making him look good. And I think uh, Uzama is equally making him look a little bit good. So there's a lot of weapons for this Bengals offense, but I still want to make sure that defense is legitimate. It's the only reason why I think it's a toss-up. I get that. Um, on to the next game. Um, for me, at least in, in lock-ins, the Chargers and the Steelers. I have the Chargers walking away with this one just because of the Steelers almost losing to a – I think the Lions are somehow worse than than the Texans, actually. This team is so bad, and the Steelers tied with them. I could definitely hear hear an argument from an offensive standpoint. I mean, there's just it's DeAndre Swift, Hawkinson, and I mean, good luck after that. I mean, really, and seriously, they can't even consistently uh, they were managed to tie the Steelers and Hawkinson literally didn't do a damn thing and now i'm pissed me off a little bit because i haven't been fantasy but it is just a little bit crazy to me i mean just how inconsistent they are at using them i've I've talked about it multiple times about the lions i think they are far and away i will say it one a and one b on this offense and i throw even jamal williams in there at one c I, i think those are really your best playmakers with the ball in their hand and you when you're an offense that's in that bad of a position you got to get it in their hands. But either way, they ended up tying this uh, Steelers team, and I'm right there with you. I have the Steelers locked in because of that. I mean, the Chargers did kind of scare me a little bit with their situation in in the secondary. I mean, they did manage to escape versus the Eagles. But then I think last week the Vikings resurfaced a little bit of those concerns. I think uh, Sante Samuel is still coming back and getting continuing to get healthy. He needs to get healthy quick. Um, but this is a Steelers offense that, you know, you're not really all that worried about them beating you with big plays down the field. I mean, Juju's going to be out in this one. It looks like Claypool's going to be out in this one. Uh, Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson have done well all season, but I, I don't think that them and Ben Roethlisberger are going to put you over the edge in a game versus the Chargers right here. Well, Mason Rudolph start, started last week, so I think Rudolph is going to be the starter for That's this right, game as COVID, well. Yeah. Um, Hell, he might be the starter for the rest of the year for how bad Ben looked. Um, but yeah, I, I the Chargers offense did, or the Chargers defense really did scare me a little bit last week. But the the Vikings do have so many weapons on offense to go to. Like it, it didn't shock me all that much. And with Juju yeah. and Claypool most likely being out, 
and Mason Rudolph being the starting quarterback, I'm not too worried. Yeah, I'm right there with you. On to – I have two more locks for this week. Uh, I think it's another pretty easy one, the Bucs over the Giants. The the Bucs did lose last week, and the one time I go against my team – we, we beat one of the top teams in, in the league. Uh, Tom Brady looked terrible last week. Two really dumb interceptions. Uh, they couldn't get anything going in the run game. Uh, it was just a, a really bad day. Devin White looked good. Um, Antonio Winfield looked pretty good. But other than that, the defense just looked sloppy. Yeah, I will definitely agree with that. The defense was um, – it, it's weird. I thought that the game was definitely split into two parts. The early part of the game was dominated by the storyline of Tom Brady and his struggles, the two interceptions. Uh, it was definitely uncharacteristic. You know, we don't really see see that that often from Tom Brady. I'm willing to say it was more of a fluke. I mean, we even saw one of the interceptions was a very, very weird play in which the ball was batted up in the air. But I, I so I am willing to say that I think that was more of a fluke. I mean, it was great, both two great defensive plays, don't get me wrong. But I just don't foresee Tom Brady making the, those mistakes like that in the future, um, at least not consistently. And I think that the late game comeback attempt showed that they weren't handled. And then I, we had to give props to the Washington football team. I mean, they put the Chargers away with a 10 minute, 10 and a half minute drive to end that game. So I really, I, think they just kind of out Brady Brady they beat them at the end of the game controlled the football and put them away I think it was a situation where the Bucks kind of just ran out of time either way no matter how you want to slice it they're getting an easier matchup this week versus the Giants it's a little bit of murmurs that Saquon Barkley might play but uh, I don't at this point you know with what we've seen from Barkley as he's been healthy or trying to come back and get healthy it hasn't looked too good all season and even if it was you know, top level Saquon Barkley. I mean, you're not putting, I don't think it would put you above um, this Bucks team in this week. And I agree. This is a lock. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like you said, I don't expect Tom Brady to have another bad game like he did this week. Uh, the Giants front seven won't be able to get to him as easily as Washington's front seven did. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just going to be about, Bounce back game for for that Bucks team in general. Um, Leonard Fournette needs to get more going on the ground, and I think they need to get Ronald Jones or not Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard uh, involved a little more in the offense. I think I think he can be a a good impact for them. But I don't know. I'm not Bruce Arians, so I definitely think he's the best pass kept catching option out of the backfield that they have, and I think they could be um, really well served to utilize him better like that. I, I do have two more locks. Um, I'm just going to touch on them. Uh, well, I'll touch on them, and then obviously you'll have them as toss-ups, so I'll give you the point to talk about them. The first one that I have, um, which I am a little bit surprised. I can see where you're coming from with this one, but I am a little bit surprised um, to figure out that you have this one as a toss-up. I have the Browns over the Lions. Um, Mayfield is injured, and I'm assuming that is, is playing a, a factor in what uh, your reasoning is. But um, all indications from Kevin Stefanski in the early going point to him being available for this contest versus the Lions. Um, I, I would almost prefer if it was Case Keenum. I said it back earlier in the season, when the first time when Baker was hurt um, and, and Keenum filled in. And it, I said it then. He played really, really well. And I like the way that the team looked. Um, but either way, I think this will be a bounce back performance for the team, for this Browns team. Um, 
you even in that Steelers and Lions game, it took what has been at times one of the worst teams in the league, the Steelers, for the Lions to even, you know, be in there and get the tie. I don't think that they're going to, you know, they really have much of a chance of beating the Browns this week. It looks like Nick Chubb is going to be back, hopefully, for the Browns. And at five and five, this team is losing steam rapidly. But but based on their schedule, I think they know how important this is. They have to take advantage of one of the few gimmies they have left on their remaining schedule. And I think that this team is too good to not be able to do that. I think they understand the circumstances and we'll get it done. And I think that's in large part another reason as to why Baker Mayfield is, you know, so much going to go in this game. That's why I think Kevin Stefanski was so quick in the week to say, yeah, he's going to go. I think it's not a serious injury and they understand the circumstances. Um, The only reason I do have this as a a toss up is really because of how the Lions did perform last week. Um, I think this was Jared Goff's best game of the season. I, I don't think anyone can, can disagree with that. Uh, also, DeAndre Swift had a, a really good game, uh, proving why he uh, can be one of the, the better running backs in the league. I, I, do, I do still expect Cleveland to walk away with this one, uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was a two-score game. I, I can see you on that one. I, I feel you there. Just because now, of how, how much that offense struggled immensely last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next lock-in or my final lock-in, that is, is one that I didn't expect to be doing, but here I am. I have the Eagles over the Saints. Um, for one – I have to talk about the birthday boy and now my favorite Eagle, Devontae Smith. I think this is really his breakout game on his birthday. Um, it was a really big game. I think it was one of the first instances where we saw Jalen Hurts kind of just have what I think NFL Twitter would describe as a Patrick Mahomes moment. You know, F it. Devontae Smith down there somewhere. I, I think the two of the passes were kind of like that. And they were both of the touch or the first touchdown, I will say, not the second one. But, and I think that was, uh, it's a really big sign. And I think additionally, Jalen Hurts played one of his best games as an Eagle. Um, that is huge for me. I want to see things like that. And it was very even optimistic to see it come against the Broncos defense. Now, yes, they didn't have Von Miller, but it's still a good defense. It's a terrific secondary. Jalen Hurts had it, had an interception to Justin Simmons on what was, I thought he's still a good ball, not even a bad decision, a better defensive play by a really great defensive player. I think this secondary is making huge strides. And for the Saints team to be kind of in this weird flux position between Trevor Simeon and and Taysom Hill, I don't think it's any better time for this Eagles team to catch the Saints team. And I have to also mention the possibility of getting Miles Sanders back with this new kind of formula that we have on offense him and Jordan Howard could be the best running back tandem since the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl when it was Jay Ajayi and, and Jordan Howard. No, not Jordan Howard. And, and Corey Clement and somebody else who I can't remember. But LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, just all those guys. And I think, you know, it'll be kind of the best duo that we've had since then. I, I, I see where you come from this. I do have it as a toss-up. I do have the Eagles walking away with this one. Um the secondary does still scare me a little bit. Could you try again? 
the secondary still does scare me a, a little bit for for Philly. Um, yes, they did a pretty decent job of uh, stopping Teddy Bridgewater and uh, and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, but they also allowed uh, a pretty no name tight end in uh, Albert Okuwebanam. I don't even want to try that. You got it. I to go for almost 80 yards. Uh, they didn't get anything in the. They didn't get, get any touchdowns to the air. Uh, that was all Melvin Gordon and some field goals from uh, one of the biggest legs in football and Brandon McManus. Uh, I just don't know how to feel about their. Like I said, I don't know how to feel about their secondary. Still, I think their run game, their run defense has improved immensely, um, holding them under 100 yards as a team. And the running, the running game of New Orleans isn't as dominant between Mark Ingram and – oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Alvin Kamara is not even going to be playing this week. So, Mark Ingram being the, the solo back, that's not going to be enough. It's, it's not 2017, 2018 anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I, I'm starting to feel good about this Eagles team. I've loved some of the strides that we've made recently. And kind of like I said, it's equal parts what's going on with the Saints. I, they, I think they're in a weird flux position still. I don't think they figured out the quarterback position. And even at that, they're, they've been desperate out at wide receiver all season. Guys have kind of stepped up and done what they can. But uh, I like the Eagles in this one. Now, I do have one more lock-in. Uh and it might shock some people. Uh, I have the Cardinals over the Seahawks. Now, I know the Cardinals just had arguably the worst loss of the year, uh, getting absolutely demolished by a Carolina Panthers team that had been struggling for weeks. Um, but I really kind of attribute that to Cam Newton being the hype man. This Seahawks team just looks terrible. Uh, Russell. Wilson in his first game back uh, was not himself. Two interceptions, one to Kevin King of all people. Like, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to think about that. This this Seahawks team has just looked so bad. Their run game is is non-existent. Uh, their leading receiver last week was Gerald Everett. Tyler Lockett and DK were locked down. It's just, I, I don't even get started on this defense. That's that's just how bad the Seahawks team has been. And I know the Cardinals had a bad loss last week. Uh, they really got exposed, but the Panthers don't have a terrible defense. I, I know it's Phillip Walker at QB, but I, I don't know if Russell Wilson is, is going to be starting this week. And if Geno Smith is playing – no doubt in my mind, it's it's a super easy lock in, but just how bad that defense has been playing. I'm not 100% sure if Kyler Mears can be back. If he is, easy, no doubt. But even without, I still don't think this Seahawks defense can stop this Cardinals offense. I have this one as a toss up. Um, I, first of all, I'm worried about. Two, two factors and surrounding both of these teams and their aspirations for the rest of the season. Now, 
the Cardinals, yes, it was a demoralizing loss last week. They're seven and two. I, I can guarantee you they have they don't have that many worries on the season, but I think that they will play things close to the chest. And with Kyler Murray and his injury, but if I had to guess with a bye coming for them next week, they're not gonna rush him back. They will not play him unless there's absolutely no questions regarding his health. With that being the case, I think it seems pretty obvious we're likely not gonna get Kyler Murray this week. For the, on the flip side, we have the Seahawks, and they yes, they got Russell Wilson back last week. It did not look good. It, it did not look good. There was obviously some rust. The whole offense didn't play good. And first of all, I also think it was just kind of a, a trap setting of a game. Like, yes, his numbers look bad, but this, the setting of the game and the, the forecast didn't lend itself for a very good passing game for the first two quarters anyway. Either way, I think this Seahawks team recognizes if they want any chance this season, this is a big game for them. And this is probably, like I said, the one chance you'll get without Kyler. You have to jump on it and you have to win this game. They're also bringing back Chris Carson. So for the first time in a long while for this Seahawks team, we could get 100% of their offense in a game. Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, DK, Lockett. We could see what all of those guys could do for the first time since the beginning of the season. I'm in on that with Kyler's health concern concerns and Wilson's probably return to good play for the Seahawks. I think this is the true toss-up, and I would honestly probably lean Seahawks in this one. That's that's a fair statement. I see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the tougher ones, but just just something about the the concerns for Kyler, and I just don't think they rush him this week. I really don't. With the buy coming, I think it's just a perfect situation. That is fair. Um, onto my onto another toss-up for me. I have the Packers and the Vikings. I do have the Packers walking away with this one. Uh, Minnesota looked really good last week. I can't deny that. Um, but I just think this past week was a fluke game for Aaron Rodgers, kind of like that that week one performance. Um, like you said, the weather wasn't good. Um, he did throw to Jamal Adams to get his third career interceptions. Uh, so that kind of sucks for Rodgers. But um, – this Minnesota secondary cannot handle this Green Bay uh, wide receiver core, I think. They don't have anyone that they can stick on Devontae Adams. Yeah. I don't think uh, they even have anyone to put on Marquez Valdez-Scantling, just his combination of height-weight speed. I think it's going to be a really, really difficult time for this Vikings team to, to go against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I agree. The only reason why, honestly, for this one – I have this as a toss-up is for one, we got we got such a good performance from the Vikings last week. And then there is a, just a little bit of pause for me with Aaron Jones being out. Now, I do have to preface that by saying A.J. Dillon has really looked more than passable in relief of Jones um, in, in more than a few opportunities in the past. And I believe there was another game in which um, he missed, Aaron Jones missed either this season or last season, and A.J. Dillon filled in and played fine. So, um, that fact and Aaron Rodgers showing really no ill effects from COVID-19 was the biggest indicator um, from their performance last week. And like I said, the Vikings put on a little bit of a show, but it, like I said, it was a depleted secondary. I think they get a tougher test here against the Packers, but it's equally true for the Packers and seeing how this secondary fares against an offense that has played well in recent weeks. I think we still have to kind of realize this is kind of a patchwork uh, Packers secondary right now and guys are still even getting healthy. So that's why this is ultimately a toss-up. I would definitely still favor the Packers in this one. 
but I, I will not say that the Vikings have no chance. They, they kind of put me on notice last week. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a more of an offensive shootout game between uh, how Dalvin Cook can do on the ground and what Aaron Rodgers is able to – how Rodgers is able to pick apart that secondary. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Now, on to, to my next toss-up, uh, the Bills and the Colts. Um, I know the Bills have looked really good uh, throughout stints of the season, uh, but that loss to Jacksonville is still kind of worrying me. Uh, I was expecting the defense to kind of hold uh, the Jets to three points, maybe maybe a shutout. Uh they did force four interceptions from Mike White, though, which uh, was good for them. Um, and then this Colts team, I know they played the Jags, but Jonathan Taylor is just continuing to show me why he's one of the best running backs in the league. Another 100-yard game and a touchdown. It's it's insane to see his development from, from last year to this year, and it's it's crazy. Um, I do have the Bills walking away with this one. I think they're just a better team, but I I think the Colts do have a shot if that Indianapolis offensive line can give Carson Wentz just enough time in the pocket. Yeah, um, I have this as a toss-up for a couple of reasons. For one, like you, that similarly with the Bills, with this Bills team, that Jaguars loss, it looms in the back of my mind. I, I can't really get it out of there. It's one of the more confusing games that results that happened all season long. And I think this might just be one that kind of perplexes us to the end of the season, but equally so for this Colts team. I mean, I think they uh, kind of need to be considered one of the hottest teams in the league right now. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is really cementing himself as I'll say it, the best back in the league right now, arguably, I mean, touchdowns in seven straight games that this is like starting to uh eke itself into Ladanian Tomlinson territory with what he's doing. I mean, I do worry a little bit maybe about the recent opponents for this Colts team. I mean, they have beaten the Jets and Jags in their last two, but they will get a true test in this one. And I thought really last week for this Bills team, they responded the way that they should have. Now, anytime you have a loss like that to a team, you want to see them respond well. They get another bad sleeper team in the Jets, but they still handled them the way I liked for them to handle them. And really, I think this week it's going to be an obvious, you know, MO, slow down Jonathan Taylor. Like I said, he's been picking up steam all season long. And it is really hard at times to pick against the Bills. But this game really kind of did bring me as close as I possibly could, just because of the way that the Colts have been playing, and specifically Jonathan Taylor in that defense as well. But with all that being said, like I said, it is so hard to pick against this Bills team. I mean, last week we got the first, you know, instance of what, you know, was really a 2020 Stephon Diggs game. I mean, it looked like they were uh, kind of just laughing with one another, like what they thought we had just lost it. Like, no. Um, so I, I really don't I have no reasons to worry about this Bills team, even with that loss to the Jags. I mean, they bounced back and looked terrific. Um, I'd take the Bills in this one, but I do think it'll be a close one. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um, like I said, I really just think it comes down to if Jonathan Taylor can get things going and if that O-line can give once enough time. Yeah, I agree. Now on to my second to last lock of the week. 
or last toss-up of the week. Uh, we got the Dolphins and the Jets. Um, I think Mike White is injured for this week, uh, which which sucks. So that I'm pretty sure that means Joe Flacco is going to be the starting quarterback in in New York once again. Uh, how he somehow ended back up there, I have no clue. Um, they didn't play terrible against the Bills. And I know the scoreboard said otherwise. Uh, once Flacco came in, he got a touchdown, three for three. Um, their run game wasn't terrible. Corey Davis had a good game. Elijah Moore had a pretty decent game. Um, but the Dolphins, that defense looked good last week. Uh, a combined 300 yards from, from the QBs. No touchdowns, but... I mean, when you have a defense playing that good against one of the top offenses in the league, it's it's really difficult to pick against them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Any other week, this would have probably been uh, a lock for me. But with, you know, the recent weeks of the NFL, we see that, like I said, anybody can win any given week. So now that we know that that's the case, I think that this has to be a toss-up to – Bad teams. I mean, we've seen good from both of them at, at points in the season. And I think even last week I saw one of what was probably the best game of the season for Michael Carter for the Jets. And looks like he could be a competent running back that can really help them out. So and for the Jets, it was really that defense. I mean, I was really, really happy with what that defense was able to do. And they finally performed to the level that I thought that they could at the beginning of the season. I'm definitely leaning Jets on this one. And with Joe Flacco at the helm, um, it only makes me more confident. All right. And on to my last toss-up. We have the Cowboys and the Chiefs. Now, if the Chiefs did not play how they did last week, I would have had this easily as the lock for the Cowboys. Um, I am still rolling with the Cowboys this week. Um, I think Zeke had his worst week by far, but the the Chiefs front seven – isn't really that good. Um, I mean, when I don't know, I this Chiefs team just confuses me so much. It, it's been so confusing. Um, I don't know. Pat Mahomes might have another game like he did last weekend and Bernie. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen again. I, I hope it doesn't. Uh, I expect Dak Prescott to have another huge game against this. Uh, this Kansas City defense that has looked bad pretty much all season long. I'm hoping Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup can get involved more in the receiving game this week uh, and not just have it be pretty much the CeeDee Lamb show. And I expect Micah Parsons to have a, another huge week. Um, he played really well last week, is really uh, starting to become the leader of that defense. Yeah. Now, can I just go back? Did you have this as a toss up or as an? I have this. I have this as a toss up. Toss up. Okay. I have the exact same thing. I'm gonna go with it as an upset though. Like I, similar in recent weeks, I've had a couple of games that were like this. I don't know where a totally non biased poll would read in the middle between both of these teams, but I think the general public consensus would probably be Chiefs, especially after that victory. Victory we saw last week. 
And going back to last week, I mean, I should have probably known. As soon as, you know, we count out the Chiefs, they would prove us wrong. And I'm not saying it upsets me, but I am going to continue to watch this team closely because, like like you, this is a perplexing Chiefs team. It's not the normal world-beating Chiefs team. They look mortal. And I think that's kind of a, a really good proposition for the entire league. But it's something that I, I almost don't even – like you, don't even know if I could really believe it just yet. So I had been kind of expecting a bit of a Raiders collapse – and for the first time in a long time, I think the Chiefs are going to need continued positive performances before I buy back in. For this Cowboys team, I thought it was an equally powerful statement after a letdown. And I felt like we really saw the early season glimpses again. I mean, we had the Diggs interception. C.D. Lamb was going off. It looked like the committee running back show, like, yeah, Zeke didn't have as big of a game. But it's the fact that you have the two guys. I think that's the big piece because in the past when Zeke would be having a bad game, it would just – Oh, it's all, it's all Dak now. It's all on Dak. Now it's not the case anymore. We have Pollard. We have a, a guy who can give us some another kind of a look at the backfield. So I, I like where this Cowboys team is going. I think, like I said, especially because last week I saw some of those early season glimpses that, you know, really had me buying into this Cowboys team. I'm going with them in this week. I think they get the upset here versus the Chiefs. Now I could get burned, but that's just I'm just listening to my gut and my gut is leaning Cowboys this week oh I also have the Cowboys walking away with this one um now on to my upset I do have my Washington football team beating the Panthers I don't think Carolina can keep up what they did last week I I think it was a, a one game thing from Cam Newton him coming in the hype is there I don't think they can do it again. Um, now, Washington losing Chase Young for the season to an ACL injury, that hurts a lot. Um, him, and, him and Cole Holcomb have been the leaders of this defense all season long. So Chase going down, it's really going to hurt that pass rush. But I think Montez Sweat is going to be able to, to pick up the slack from the other side, and it's going to give a chance for Jonathan Allen, Matt Iodinus, uh to really – get something going. Um, like I said, I just – I can't trust this Carolina team to do what they did back-to-back. Yeah, I, I am literally right there with you. Uh, upset and all. Um, I think, you know, with the signing of Cam Newton and, and the whooping that they put on last week, uh, I think – People may be getting a little ahead of them, ahead of themselves. I literally put in my notes, I think we maybe need to pump the brakes a bit. I, I just think, you know, it, it was really, really nice. You know, I do think, you know, the one thing that the Panthers have really going for them that is legit is CMC being back. I mean, he is the most dynamic running back in the entire league, and he can do so much for your offense. So that cannot be undervalued. And it was you know, a smaller dose trying to bring him back easy. And I understand it, but that was nice to see. And it was nice to see Robbie Anderson back. He wasn't anywhere. He just wasn't doing anything. So, I mean, that was nice to see, but it's going to take more than just, you know, uh, CMC being back and and Robbie Anderson to have a touchdown for the first time all season to make me really do anything. I mean, like, I, I agree with you. I think we need to pump the brakes on this Washington football team a little bit. And for the way Washington played last week, I think it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, that final drive where they really just iced the Buccaneers was really something to behold. And it's really every time I see Heineke, it really seems as though he has really captured more of the team and has these guys behind him. And that's 
a really, really good sign. And, and I'd like to see it from, from Washington this year. You know, they've been in such a weird flux when it's been, when it's come to the quarterback position for a while now that it's nice to just see somebody that even if it's not for the fans, it can be the players to buy in with and play behind it. And I really appreciated that. I think this Washington football team has a lot of heart and I think that they don't have quit in them. And I think, you know, yes, you lost Chase Young last week, but if anything, that might serve as kind of a motivating factor. I'm, I'm excited to see what Montez Sweat might do this week for his boy or what, you know, Deron Payne might do this week for his boy or any of those big dogs you guys have. So I'm excited about it. Hey, I'm, I'm hoping uh, we can walk away this week with, with the win. Um, I, like you said, I really liked what I saw out of this Washington offense. I think this was the first really good offensive game out of them. Uh, Antonio Gibson had a good game, two touchdowns, 64 yards. Uh, DeAndre Carter came out of nowhere, uh, had a fantastic game, some some really key catches, uh, the one touchdown catch for Washington this week. And, and Taylor Heineke being the game manager. This is the the first time I've seen him really manage the clock to to a key to a to a to the T. Uh the, really the main reason Washington walked away with this with the game, like you said, the the 10 minute drive at the end of the game. Yeah. No, I mean it, it's scary because I mean you it's how many how long have we now been saying, you know, oh too much time for Brady. They did. They didn't leave anything to. I mean, they left Brady some time, but I mean, that whole fourth quarter was that drive, which I think people just need to. Re- it blows my mind. While I was watching the game. I was so thoroughly impressed. And I, additionally, I thought thought Antonio Gibson. You know, it, if you look at the stats, you wouldn't be wild, but I thought it was really one of the first games that I was left really impressed with him all season. And I know he's been struggling with injuries himself, so I giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I was more shocked when I went and looked at the box score and looked at his stats. I was like, man, he played fantastic. But really what it was is, was that drive. I mean, as much as it was Heineke, it was equal parts Gibson. I thought he, you know, was fantastic at just, you know, keeping the ball moving forward, 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 time on the clock, inbounds, inbounds, you know, clock moving. It was just, it was so smart, executed, like you said, to a T. It was fantastic for Washington last week, and I'm expecting an upset this week. I'm hoping it does happen. Um, But with that, that wraps up our Week 11 predictions. It's crazy to think we're already in Week 11. This season has been absolutely flying by. Yeah, every time I blink, it's a new week of football. And, man, I'm really glad that I've taken every single Sunday to sit on my butt like like a big old fat lazy bum and enjoy football because I have, like I said, really enjoyed it. Every week brings its own, you know, new dynamics and new storylines and new themes. I mean, we just had Odell Beckham join what is now probably the most loaded team in the league in the, the LA Rams. And the we it's crazy to me how much the league changes and how fast it changes. You really have to stay up on it or you'll get lost. And that's why you have this podcast. And that's why we'll be here again next week. Yep. Uh, but with that, I hope you all enjoyed. I have, of course, been your host, Jason Mitchner, joining alongside Ian Hatcher. We'll see you all next time.